Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I looked at 20 files in child protection, in services to families and in services to kids who are in care. And 14 of those files They showed where visits were required from social workers every three months, and there was no documentation to show any of these homes were visited. And as a result, one of them died. All right. We've been talking about the Ministry of Children and Family Development recently because of a story from Katie Hislop at the TIE.ca, and that was Katie right there talking to us about it. She revealed the findings of an audit that showed in one service delivery area where a child was killed and another critically injured, support workers weren't even doing the most basic of paperwork or home checks in more than a dozen cases of children in care. And there were some shocking findings in here. In fact, the audit also found that only 27% of critical incidents of injuries of kids in care were even reported to social workers within 24 hours. And this was a follow-up audit. And the result was even worse than the first one that had been done. So obviously this raises so many questions, right? Like how can we keep going on like this? It is why the opposition has been calling for the resignation of Mitzi Dean, BC's Minister of Children and Family Development. Well, Minister Dean joins us now to talk more about this. Thank you very much for being here. Good morning, Simi. What do you say about the findings of this audit? Because honestly, when you read through them, they are quite shocking. Yeah, well, uh, thank you for that question. And I just want to start by recognising, um, you know, that we're having this conversation because of the horrific tragedy of the child who died in foster care. And, um, you know, I absolutely understand the pain and the outrage that is being felt across the province because of that. And I want to convey my deep apologies and condolences to everyone who's been impacted by that tragedy. And of course, we need to take measures and make sure that something like that doesn't happen again. Um, And I agree with you, you know, the audit of that local office did find a very serious lack of documentation, and that's not acceptable. And uh, what that means is that our policies and procedures in the ministry are not even being followed. Now, the audit in 2022 was actually um, ordered by the ministry because as soon as we learned about the injuries of those children in foster care, the ministry took action um, and immediately was concerned about practice in that in that um, team. And that meant that we needed we knew we needed to go in and do a deeper investigation. Um, and I am a former frontline worker, and I know what basic social work is. Um, and I know that the children in this particular situation were failed terribly. And that an audit with findings of such a lack of compliance really is letting, letting the children use and care down. Right. So if you're a social worker and you know this, then it does seem like the system is broken because that's not one person not doing paperwork. That is numerous people not following the rules and clearly the bosses also knowing that wasn't happening. Like, how do you fix something that broken? Yeah, there are definitely some measures that we have taken in the two and a half years since um, the particular tragedy. As soon as I became aware of the issue as minister, I directed my staff to make sure that all children in care in the province were being seen according to our policies and procedures and that all homes where children are being placed are properly assessed and that they could reassure me and show me 
that this wasn't happening anywhere else in D.C. So we have improved oversight. We have made changes to how issues are reported and who actually investigates where there's concerns with regard to practice. We have enhanced the oversight across the whole of the province to make sure that all children and youth in care are being seen. And the latest step that we've taken is actually to hire an external consultation company to come in and to review the measures that we've taken over the last two and a half years to make sure that they're actually um, meeting our intentions, to make sure that the measures that we have taken are ensuring that um, social workers are, are following policy and procedure and following good social work practice, which means building relationships with children and youth, being able to um, have those private and regular meetings with children and youth, to hear from them and know how their home life is and to make sure that they're being safeguarded, nurtured and loved and well cared for. Are, are you saying, is there now a system in place like a, a that would hold, put up a red flag if there is no paperwork coming in? If there's an area like this that is not submitting the correct paperwork is there a notification system where somebody higher up would say, hey, we have a problem here and we need to do this, deal with this right now? Yes, there is a better system in place now for that oversight of making sure that social workers are following policies and procedures. We've also taken other measures to provide more support to social workers so that they have more time for building those relationships as well. And, you know, the levers that I have at my disposal as minister are legislation, policy and budgetary measures um, and so, again, in the last two and a half years, we've been making transformative changes in those areas. So last November, I'm sure your listeners will recall, we passed historic legislation unanimously in the legislature to support the um, inherent jurisdiction of Indigenous communities to um, be able to deliver child welfare services to children, youth and families who belong to their communities. We know that we need to continue making improvements. We know there needs to be transformative change and we, we've started that and we're continuing to um, ensure that we are supporting all of the children and youth in our care. But how can you support, like how can you say that, okay, this is going to work if it's the same people, right? If it's the same essentially system and, and the same people who are not doing the paperwork and making every single thing with it, now they're going to do it. How do you know that that's actually going to happen? Well, the staff involved in the uh, particular circumstances where there was the tragedy are no longer involved with the ministry. And what we've been doing um, over, actually over the last five years, but especially over the last um, two and a half years, is making sure that we are supporting social workers in concentrating on and prioritising the relationships um, that they have with children, youth and families and, and caregivers as well. Um, we're making sure they have the training that they need. We've improved consultation for them. As I said, we've changed the oversight so that we actually have much better systems and measures in place to make sure that we are able to monitor and support social workers in fulfilling the um, policies and procedures that we already have. We already had the policies and procedures in place. But they weren't being followed. Um, even the policies and procedures don't mean anything, yeah. right, if they're not being followed. Which is not acceptable, and that's the work that I have um, that I immediately directed staff to put in place because it's not acceptable that we have policies and procedures that aren't being followed, and it's also not acceptable that um, you know even if social workers are following policy and procedure, it's not being documented so that we can't actually track and monitor um, where we're where we might have gaps in well, the system. What does it mean if we say not acceptable? Like, what are the consequences of that? Do, are people fired? Do you switch service agencies? Does somebody lose contract? Does somebody lose money or their job? Like, what are the consequences of finding out that this is happening? 
Yeah, uh, thanks for that question. I mean, there were all those different measures. Um, and of course, I, I, I can't um, be advised of any HR issues. But, you know, we have a very robust public service. Um, we want to be able to support social workers, make sure that they're given the, the tools and training to do their work. But there are measures and steps that can be taken, as you say, with regard to a contracted agency, with regard to individual um, social workers. And, you know, this is really, really serious and this is really important work. And we need to be using those measures if they're required. What do you say, though, to the opposition when they say you're, you're not doing the job and you should step down? Well, over the last two and a half years since I first learned, learned about these injuries, I have um, I have been very clear with our staff that we need to make improvements in the system and that they need to be able to have ways to reassure me that all of the children and youth in British Columbia who are in care are being seen and that we know and, and can verify that they're in safe um, and nurturing and loving families. And, you know, I, I have used all the levers at my disposal um, which includes, as I said, legislation, but also policy and budgetary measures. So, for example, we're, we're supporting extended families to keep kids out of care. We now have the lowest number of children using care in over 30 years. We've actually harmonized caregiver rates so that out-of-care placements receive the same support as foster care placements. And we increased those caregiver rates by up to 47% in budget 2023. So, um over the last few years, we have actually been making significant systemic changes every year under this government, whereas not under previous governments, um, the budget for my ministry has been increased, reflecting the importance that our government gives to making sure that we support a very um, healthy and um, uh, a, a very supportive and safe child welfare system. Right. But Minister Dean, do you agree this can't happen again? Like we can't get another report from the Minister of Children and uh, Youth or, or from the Children of Representatives saying that this is happening again. Like this can't continue on like this. I absolutely understand where that question is coming from. I absolutely understand the outrage. That's absolutely what I've been saying to our staff as well. Um, you know, we have to have all of the systems in place to make sure that this cannot happen again. What a terrible tragedy. How these children were failed so poorly by the system. Um, and so um, that is a, a really strong message that I have sent for sure. And we know that we will get a report from the representative for children and youth and we will pay very close attention to those recommendations. And hopefully... Um, you know, what the what the representative's office will find is that we have been putting measures in, um, especially in response to this learning lessons from this tragedy and more broadly as well with our legislation and with our changes in policy. And as I said, we have hired an independent um, contractor to come in and to evaluate the measures that we've taken to make sure that they're going to deliver on the results that we want, which is to, to know that on any given day, Children and youth who are in care of the ministry are safe and loved and well cared for. Oh, hopefully that is what we hear and uh, we'll maybe chat with you about that when that happens. Uh, thank you for your time on that. Thank you so much, Simi.